Hey, Crosspoint family, welcome to this morning's worship service. I'm so glad that uh, you've made it. This morning, we want to get right to it, but before we do that, let me just once again announce um, that next week, that will be August 9th, we will once again have the opportunity to come to church and enjoy fellowship, modified, but uh, you know, in person. And uh, you will also have the option of viewing this uh, service online as you are now. Um, and so we're looking forward to that. Um, you know, we've been preparing for that for a long time and uh, being, we've been in prayer about it. And so August 9th will be the day in which we will have a uh, optional uh, service, in-person service at Cross Point Christian Church. Hope to see you there. Don't forget to bring your mask. Uh, this morning, we're going to continue with our series uh, entitled Refresh. Uh, We've been talking about refresh. The idea is to gain uh, perspective, power, and purpose through these studies. These are things that we probably already have, but sermons like this help us uh, freshen up on that or just be reminded of, of those things. Today is a third of five messages. The title for this morning is Fresh Start, and there's nothing more refreshing than a fresh start. Uh, all of these uh, messages from the series are based out of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And so we've been going through the chapter, and now we find ourselves on verses 16 and 17. As a formal review, two weeks ago we talked about entertaining eternity, the idea or the fact that we need to be spiritually minded, and that means, that translates to being uh, eternally minded, not just being focused on the here and now and the things that we see or that are in front of us, but thinking about the life to come, or just the spiritual things, the eternal things. And last week, we talked about um, aiming to please God with our lives. Uh, we talked about how it is uh, important for us to be intentional about that. If not, uh, we will find ourselves aiming uh, to please other things or ourselves instead of aiming to please God. So we have to be intentional. We talked about accountability. We will all stand in front of God one day to give an account for the things that we did or didn't do once we became Christians. And then uh, we talked also about it, it being a reasonable response. If we are going to aim to please God, it's just a reasonable response to somebody who has understood the gospel of Jesus Christ. So today, uh, the third study is Fresh Start, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 16 and 17. I would love for you to follow along in your Bibles. But listen to this key verse that I want to share with you to get us going, and that is um, Galatians 2.20. Very important key verse, a uh, very popular verse perhaps we could even say. Uh, if you have a Crosspoint Christian Church wristband, that's where we get the idea of no longer I. So listen to the verse. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The main point of this morning's message is this. God is glorified when people are transformed by the Holy Spirit and live new lives that honor him. Let's pray. Gracious Father, we're so grateful to you for allowing us the opportunity to spend this time together in your word. Um, we recognize that, that you give us everything that is good for us, and that includes this time. Uh, we thank you, Holy Spirit, for your direction and your help. Lord Jesus, we want to lift you up and just proclaim your name above all names. 
We ask for your guidance and your blessing this morning. We pray in the mighty name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So, you know, there aren't many things that are more refreshing than what we usually uh, call a fresh start. Now, have you ever had a fresh start, you know, in life? Uh, has there ever been a, a pivotal moment in your life where things maybe weren't that great and you were given a fresh start? Well, one of the best news ever is the fact that as human beings, as fallen human beings, as sinful human beings, God offers us a fresh start. We're going to see that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 16 and 17. Uh, I would say there's been many times in my life where I've experienced fresh starts. You know, maybe things like uh, getting married was an awesome, fresh start. You know, going from being a, a single person that was quite young uh, to becoming a married individual. And, and for those of us who have been married, you realize that's such a fresh start. It's, it's a new start. It's, it's something that changes just about everything in your life in many respects. Um, but one, one story that I wanted to share with you in particular, and hopefully that kind of gets you thinking about times in your life when you've been granted a fresh start. Um, and, and that would be, you know, I, I, I've been, I don't know about vocal, but I've, I've shared this with you before that, you know, my family came to this country and um, many years ago when I was a child and um, we, I grew up in here in the United States after age of 10 not being a legal resident. And for some of you, you find that really strange. For some of you, you find that maybe it's also part of your story, regardless. Um, I remember growing up, uh, just a couple of things. I remember the, the shame that came associated with. I was kind of a, a shy person in school, so I didn't really have people picking on me for the most part. Um, not that they were afraid of me or anything. I think they just didn't notice me. Uh, and growing up that way was, was carried some, some shame um, it carried also some limited opportunities. I think I've shared with you before that I was at Cal State Long Beach uh, the summer after I graduated from high school and I was taking some courses and very politely by one of the administrators, I get called out of one of the, my classes and uh, they, they want to verify my information because they can't seem to find it on the computer. And uh, long story short, I wasn't able to continue my studies at Cal State Long Beach no problem there. I was able to continue somewhere else. But that was in part because I wasn't a legal resident. Um, so the, the, when the day came when I was able to, to fix that about my status, my legal status, I remember this, feel, this, this refreshing feeling that I no longer had to carry that baggage or I no, was no longer you know, limited in many ways because of that situation. And that changed the trajectory of my life in many ways. And for that, I'm very grateful. But that's just a physical fresh start. Uh, you know, I'm here to tell you something much better than that. Much better. The, the fresh start that I'm talking about that I want to share with you this morning is far uh, exceeds any physical or temporal fresh start that we have experienced. I'm talking about a spiritual fresh start. And so that's, that's what we're going to be talking about. But I want us to realize that in Christ, we as human beings can find a fresh start. And not only once in the sense that, hey, when I became a Christian, I got a fresh start. But if you've uh, walked with the Lord long enough, you realize that God off continually offers us this fresh start where we're no longer bound by our experiences or by our mistakes or the things in which we lack. 
But in Christ, we find this re- constant, constant renewal that, uh, for which I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful. And people need to know that. But at the same time, and most of my message is going to be focused on this, is that even though we've experienced this fresh start spiritually, not all of us enjoy that fresh start. And so most of my message is going to have to do with how do we enjoy this fresh start that God has granted us through Jesus Christ. All right, so I hope you're ready. Let's take a look at uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses, pardon me, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 16 through 17. Let me read that. And then what we're going to do is we're going to take this scripture and we're going to consider three points in regards to how to enjoy a fresh start. You know, one must do what in order to experience a fresh start? Because the reality is this. I've been in ministry long enough. Um, I've been in, grew, grew up in church long enough to the point where I could tell you that even many of us who claim to be Christians or who are Christians, I'm not trying to doubt your salvation, but many people who are in fact Christians aren't enjoying the fresh start that Christ grants us through what He has done. And so chances are, and I would dare say, that none of us experience the fresh start to the fullest. You know, we're still carrying things around and we're still finding it hard to let go of certain things or we're finding it hard to really embrace some of the promises that God has given us through Christ. So I hope this message helps you. Now, before we talk about how to enjoy a fresh start, let me take a minute to talk about what it is that a fresh start means. What is it that we're saying when we say that we can get a fresh start through Christ? You know, how does one obtain it? Those are very important questions. If somebody was to ask you, uh, somebody who's not a Christian, who, somebody who's not a believer, has not been born again, asks you, hey, I heard that uh, we can get a fresh start through Christ. I mean, what, what is that? What would you respond? How would you explain what this fresh start is? And how would you tell someone that they can obtain it? Well, the extended answer for that question will be next week, will be the subject of next week's message. But for today, uh, suffice to say one word. So when it comes to how does one obtain this fresh start and what is it? One word will be reconciliation. To get a fresh start means that we are reconciled to God. And you obtain it when you are no longer enemies of God. I don't know if you understood this or if you realize this, but prior to being in Christ, we are enemies of God. We belong to a different family, not His. And so when we are reconciled with God through Jesus Christ, we can have peace and we can have this new life and we could have this new perspective. We find power and purpose in this new relationship with God. And that's really what it comes down to. So, before reconciliation, because of our sin, we are separated from God. And we're enemies of God. We are offensive to God. And we cannot have a relationship with this holy God. But once we are reconciled, when that animosity is taken away, when our sin has been judged by Christ at the cross, then we are reconciled and we now become friends There is peace with God, and through that as well, we get forgiveness of sins and eternal life. That is the gift of God that He offers. And so, we obtain it by by recognizing, by hearing the gospel. Somebody has to hear the gospel. And part of the gospel is that we are all sinners, and we all fall short of the glory of God. And then also that, that that not 
It's, it's not just enough to know that we're sinners, but you got to realize that our sin leads to death, separation from God. And so the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And when somebody recognizes, and, and this is the work of, the, of God, I don't know exactly how that works, but God allows us to recognize the fact that we're spiritually bankrupt, that we're in need of a Savior, and that Jesus Christ is the only one who can save us. And part of that salvation means He's able to forgive us of our sins based on what He did at the cross for us. At the cross, He was paying for our sins, and He offers us eternal life. We are now reconciled with God. But again, next week, tune in. Uh, we'll, we'll be having, um, we'll be talking about reconciliation, and uh, that'll be the first day that we're also back, August 9th, at our building. And so we are looking forward to that. So, what is a fresh start? How does one obtain it? One word: reconciliation. We'll be diving into that next week, Lord willing. Um, but for today, what I want to do is I want to talk about how to enjoy a fresh start. So my three points are going to be based on uh, completing this phrase. To enjoy a fresh start, one must, and let's get right to it. Point number one, one must consider time. One must consider time. And I think I didn't, I didn't read 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through 17, right? I just prepped it, but so let me read it. And then from this, these two verses, we're going to get the three points that we're going to talk about. It says, therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know Him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. These are some amazing, wonderful truths for, for us as believers and, and for people to be able to hear. So, to enjoy a fresh start, one must consider time. What do we mean by that? Consider time. We're going to... Um, as, as Christians, we realize we're eternal beings. This is, this is awesome to, to ponder, I think. We're eternal beings, right? We don't have an end. We do have a beginning. And um, you could probably argue that in some sense we, we're always existed in the mind of God. But, you know, physically speaking, um, or that, you know, that, that our, the seed that, that conceived us and all that was in our dad and his dad and has that game and going back. But let's keep it simple here, all right? We have a beginning, but we don't have an end. We're eternal beings, eternal souls. We're a soul, eternal, um, that just happens to have a physical, temporary body while we're here on earth. And we've talked about this. We will get a better new body later as well. But for now, let's just talk about the fact that we, are, we have this physical body that has an expiration date, but our soul lives forever. And, and I think when you start reading the Bible and you start reading what, what the gift of God is and we start talking about eternal life, I mean, I remember as a kid trying to understand what that meant. I still don't understand what that means. And my brain can't quite comprehend that, um, what it is to mean that we're going to not only exist, but we're going to live forever. And so when you become a Christian, you start experiencing this new life, you realize that, that the Bible talks a lot about eternity and everlasting. And so this idea of time uh, is, is, is at the forefront when, when you start understanding the things of God. So we must consider time. And let me tell you what I mean by that. If we're going to enjoy a fresh start, we must consider time. Verse 16 says, therefore, from now on. Paul is saying from now, from this point in time, 
on forward, we regard no one according to the flesh, and so on. But I just want to focus on these, on these, on these three words, from now on. Uh, and there's a lot of that, that is implied on those three words. Paul says, from now on, from this point, from, from the point in which a person becomes a Christian, from now all the way forward, from now on, we're considering time, it says, um, we regard no one according to the flesh. So, when we talk about time, let's, let's again keep it simple. I know some of you guys, astrophysicists and, and such, probably, you know, can't take this way farther, but... For the sake of this message, let's just talk about three aspects about time, which is past, present, and future. So if we're going to enjoy our relationship with God, our fresh start, we need to consider time. And let's start by considering the past. Let's consider the past. Because it's from now on, you're making a distinction from saying from now, from this period forward, meaning from this period back is your past. And the Bible says that we no longer have to live there. And he's got some more, more to say about that. So let's take a look at the past. Uh, Ephesians 5.8 says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Did you catch that about, about your past? If you're a child of God, listen, about, listen to, to Paul talking about your past. It says, For you were once darkness. You were once darkness. Now, let's not get caught up in the fact that we're darkness. That's pretty bad. That's a whole different subject in, in a, in a you know, sermon for another time. But what I want to focus on about our past is that it says, you were once. You were. You're no longer that. Darkness is part of your past. You are no longer that. Paul says, from now on, this is a new beginning. You get a fresh start. Just think about the implications of that. When you come into a relationship with God, you, you, you start there and you go forward regardless of what happened in the past. And I love that. If you're going to enjoy your fresh start, you must consider time and pay attention to your past. You were once darkness. You're no longer that. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11 says, And such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Over and over, I could have brought dozens of verses like this, where Paul, the other apostles, the other Bible writers talk about how prior to our relationship with God, we used to be something, but we are no longer that. That is now part of our past, and we rejoice in that. But let's also talk about the present. Let's not get stuck in the past. Let's talk about the present. 1 Peter 2.9 says, but you are. We said what we were, but now what are we? But you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Beloved, you are chosen. You are created in God's image. You are redeemed. You are sanctified, justified. You're saved. You're born again. You're loved. You're forgiven. You're cared for. You're provided for. Those are the things that we are. And unless we understand and, and we consider time and look at our past and what we were and we let go of that and we live in the present, in the realities of what God says about who we are, we're not going to enjoy our relationship with God or our fresh start. Let's talk about our future. I think that helps as well. 
you know, we've talked about, you know, uh, entertaining eternity, and we talked a little bit about this, but talk about your future. Ephesians 1.13 says, In Him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So when you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And later on in chapter 4, verse 30, in Ephesians, uh, I'm pretty sure it's 30, Read the whole section just in case. But it says that the Holy Spirit is the guarantee of our redemption. Meaning, the, the, I believe, the moment you put your trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you're born again, the Holy Spirit comes to reside in you. And on that instant, once you are born again, you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. And He is our guarantee of our future inheritance. It's a done deal. Your future is secure in Christ. Romans 8, 15 through 17 says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and, co and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. Did you catch that? We are heirs of God and co-heirs with Jesus Christ because we receive the Spirit. Our past tells us what we were and who we were, but we no longer have to live there. It's done. It's in the past. The present reminds us who we are, and the future helps us to look ahead. And I think that helps when, when you're going through difficult times, and, and maybe even when you're your mind and your emotions are playing with you or messing with you, telling you, you know, are you really this or are you really that? And aren't you this or aren't you supposed to be that? You go back to the Word and you rebuke those thoughts and you put them under uh, the captivity of Christ. Bring them to the cross and be reminded of who you are, of the fact that you're no longer that person that you used to be. Be reminded of who you are and be reminded who Christ says waits for you in your future. If we're going to enjoy this new, fresh start, we need to be mindful of or we need to consider time, past, present, and future. Too many of us are living in the past. And uh, I'll, I'll be talking a little bit more about that. But stop living in the past and focus on God in your present time and in your future. Very good. So, to enjoy a fresh start, one must not only consider time, but point number two, you must reevaluate people. What does that mean? Reevaluate people. Listen to verse 16. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. What does that mean? We regard no one according to the flesh. It means we no longer evaluate people based on what we see or based on the physical things or characteristics or accolades or talents or physical abilities. We don't, we, even our relationships change. Very interesting. You know, one of the things that I'm most grateful for, I'm so grateful for a lot of things, but uh, having grown up in a church, I, and, and having grown up in, in a family for which I'm also grateful, my physical family was great. Uh, you know, not super awesome. Man. My parents were awesome, and so were my siblings. Let me stop there before I get in trouble. 
piece of advice, when you find yourself in a hole, stop digging, all right? So I'm gonna stop digging and just move on. I'm grateful for my family, but I'm also grateful for my spiritual family, my church family. You know, I grew up and ever since I was a teenager, God sent people to kind of look out for me or after me, to uh, encourage me, to guide me. I've, I've mentioned this before many times. So I'm, I'm really grateful for that. And the Bible says, when we come to know Christ, we no longer regard anyone according to the flesh. The way we evaluate people now is not based on the physical, but on the spiritual. And he was, he, Paul even goes as far as to say that even if you knew Christ, so think about like the, the most important physical person uh, that, that you could think of, and it would be Christ. Like the greatest honor of having known a person uh, would be for somebody who lived during Christ's time to have known Jesus, right? I mean, if you understood who Jesus was and you got to interact with him, then Jesus doesn't compare with anybody else. Not Caesar, the emperor, not any king, not any governor, not any anybody. Jesus is above everyone. And so Paul says, even he goes all the way to the top. Even if you knew Christ in the flesh, he says, we know him thus no longer. We no longer regard him or evaluate him based on what we saw and who he was in the flesh but spiritually. Very interesting. So, and, and you know, that includes yourself. When he says, we regard no one according to flesh, that includes you. And, and, and again, many times we don't get to enjoy our spiritual life because we're still thinking about ourselves in the physical. Oh, I'm not this. I'm not that. I wish I could be that. I could be that. And, and, and we're regarding ourselves in the physical rather than evaluating ourselves based on some of these things that, that I mentioned in point one about what the Bible says that we are, and we no longer are, and we are, and awakes us. So, reevaluating people is essential if we are going to enjoy this fresh start that God has granted us, uh, and that includes yourself. You know, think about Jesus and his physical family, right? I think by now everybody knows, I know I've also mentioned this plenty of times, and it's very clear in the Bible, that our Lord Jesus Christ grew up in a blended family. He had his mother, Mary. He had a stepdad, Joseph. And the Bible clearly tells us that he had at least four brothers who are named in the Bible. And he had at least two sisters. At least two sisters. So he, was, his, he grew up in a, in a blended family of at least nine people. Right? And I say that because the, the sisters are not named, but they're, they're referenced as, you know, his brothers. And in one place in the Bible, in the Gospels, they're, they're named, four of them. Two of them wrote in the Bible. And, um, and uh, no, they didn't write in the Bible, but they are authors of epistles in the Bible. And, um, and then the author, one of the Gospels says, and his sisters. So he could have had more than two sisters. So he grew up in a blended family of at least nine and, and there's, a, there's a time where Jesus is speaking at a home, and the house is full. He's teaching, people are listening, and then his family, his physical family, comes to, to that house looking for him, wanting to speak to him. They can't get in, so they send somebody to ask Jesus and let him know that his family's outside. And you probably have read this, and, and our Lord says, uh, you know, they tell him, your, your, your mother and your brothers are outside. And then he says, who is my brother and who is my mother? Kind of strange, unless you understand what Paul is saying here in chapter 5 of 2 Corinthians. He says, he who does the will of my father is my brother and my sister and my mother. 
And so even the Lord Jesus Christ gives us a good example of the fact that even the, our physical family, once we become Christians, we no longer evaluate them the same way. Now, you sneaky ones are probably thinking like, well, does that mean I no longer have to uh, obey my father and my mother? That's not what we're saying, right? Shame on you for even thinking that. No, I'm kidding. Uh, so you know what I mean. It's, it's, we evad, there's, you know, my mom is still my mom, and I am still to honor her even as an adult, but I view her different. And I grew up viewing my physical family different once I became a Christian, a follower of Christ. And by different, I mean better. Right? We evaluate people in, in a spiritual sense. I don't mean by saying like, oh, you're not a very spiritual person, so I'm going to look down on you. No, no, no. We evaluate people knowing that everyone is, is made in the image of God and they have eternal value just by being a human being. And so we look at people differently. That's one of the ways we look at people differently. But um, So also, you got to know that as Christians, we... It is very clear in the Bible that we are the family of God. You belong to the body of Christ, and we are now brothers and sisters. Our Lord Jesus Christ is our, is our older brother. He's the head of the church, and uh, God the Father is our dad, our Abba, Father. Lastly, about the fact that it is important for us to reevaluate people if we're going to enjoy a fresh start is... I want to share with you, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ. On our Tuesday, Thursday evening Bible studies, we've been talking, going through John. We're in John chapter 4 right now. We're talking about the Samaritan woman. And I've been meditating on that story. And when it comes to reevaluating people, I think about how Jesus dealt with the Samaritan woman and how he dealt with religious leaders. You know, the Lord Jesus Christ didn't, he's God. And ever since the Old Testament, it is said that the people look at the appearance, at the body, at the physical, but God looks at the heart, at the inside. And so our Lord did that, and He exemplified that while He was here. He would talk to the religious leaders who were very revered by everyone else, very well respected. And the Lord comes and says, you brood of vipers. He calls them out for what they really are, not for what they pretend to be on the outside, but for who they are on the inside. And then he would take somebody like the Samaritan woman, the woman at the well, who had had five husbands, and the man with whom she was living with wasn't even her husband. And this woman who looks at Jesus in the face and lies to him, gives him a little half-truth. And then you look at the story, and Jesus, with such compassion and love, just kind of goes with her, with her, you know, with her, with what she's saying. And he reveals himself to her in such a special and beautiful way that he doesn't do to many other people. He hid his identity from the religious leaders and he, in, in some respects, and then he revealed himself completely to somebody like the Samaritan woman. So the people that uh, were revered by other people, Jesus came down on them, and the people that were rejected and ostracized by other people, Jesus, looking at their heart, uh, was very much compassionate and loving towards them. So we see how Jesus regarded people not according to the flesh, but he saw them with spiritual eyes. And you and I need to do the same thing. Now, beloved, this has so many implications, so many important implications for our lives in a way that if we do this right or begin to do this right, we can experience this refreshing by God. 
and we, be, we are able to begin to enjoy uh, living a, a new life in Christ. And by that I mean, you know, some of the implications when you start looking at, when you start reevaluating people is you, you, you begin to ask yourself, you know, who it is that you're, you're trying to please out there. You know, whether you're trying to please your boss or whether you're trying to please yourself, you know, prove to yourself how this or how that you are. Uh, you're trying to please your, your spouse. You're trying to please your children. You're trying to please your friends. You're trying to please. And, and again, you know, we got to be careful, and especially the motives and the reasons why we're going around trying to be people pleasers. You know, we reevaluate who it is that we owe allegiance to. You know, we're faithful to some people, we're loyal to some people, and sometimes those people don't deserve to be, have us be loyal towards them. Um, and I know you could interpret this in many ways, so before you do anything crazy, call me, reach out to me, Mike at CrosspointChristianChurch.com. But our loyalty, look at, look at who it is that you express loyalty or allegiance to, and, and it's very possible that our allegiance to some people are based on the physical and have nothing to do with the spiritual. So we have to be careful with that. These are some of the implications that um, when we reevaluate people occur. You know, we, we start looking at who wronged you. And I know this, I know, I know that some of these things can be very difficult for some of us to be hearing. But I pray that the Holy Spirit, through His Word, would, would teach you. Right, that, that, that you would really consider this. But when we talk about or think about who wronged us and, and in the physical sense, and we look at spiritually speaking where they are at or where they were when they committed this or that uh, atrocity towards us, I think things change. Things change. And, and that's what I mean that when we reevaluate people the way Paul is telling us here, we are able to enjoy our life and not get stuck. And then when, it, when we talk about guilt, when we talk about shame, when we talk about regret, bitterness, resentment, anger, disappointment, unforgiveness, all these things that are in our hearts sometimes as Christians, when we begin to reevaluate people, we're able to bring these, these, these sinful attitudes and feelings to the cross of Jesus in the light of Scripture and experience a newness, a refreshness. I, I, I hope that you really consider this. But let me go to the third point, because we got to wrap this up. To enjoy a fresh start, one must consider time, reevaluate people, and then thirdly, reappraise things. Reappraise things. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away, Behold, all things have become new. So if we as Christians consider time, people, and things, boy, you know, and we make adjustments or changes, uh, when we bring in the light of the gospel into these major areas of our lives, I mean, that covers a lot, right? Time, people, and things. And just in these two verses, I think Paul is addressing these things. If we're able to address those things, we are going to be so much better off and able to enjoy this new start that we find in Christ. So 
listen to what Paul says in Philippians 3, 7, and 8 when we talk about how we view things. He says, old things, which things, Mike? All things. All means all things. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Many times we hang on to them and our identity is wrapped in these things that are part of our past. That God is saying, hey, when you started a new life in me, all things are gone. All the old is gone. Behold, all things are made new. So Philippians 3, 7 and 8, Paul says, But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ. That is the proper attitude, beloved. Now who was Paul? I don't have time to explain but hopefully you, you know a little bit about who Paul was. You know, physically speaking, outstanding individual in many ways, you know. And, and yet spiritually, he himself says he was a persecutor of Christians. All, but all of that was in his past. Good, bad, and ugly, says he, I'm able to consider all of those things as trash for the excellence of knowing Christ. Jesus says, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? Things, when we are in Christ and focus on Him, the things of this earth lose their value. And we realize that the spiritual, eternal things are really the most valuable ones. Zacchaeus is a great example of somebody who wanted to know who Jesus was. And the Lord reveals Himself to him. He goes and has dinner with him. And Zacchaeus stands up out of nowhere. Somebody who apparently had made money his idol at the very least. And he says to everybody that was there watching, he says, half of my riches I give to the poor. Half of my riches I give to the poor. Just like that. Jesus didn't even have to tell him what happened. He changed. He became a new creation. And in becoming a new creation, he saw things differently, including money. I'll show one more example, and that will be Philemon. Philemon is a wonderful epistle that Paul wrote to his buddy and brother in Christ, Philemon, who had a slave who apparently stole from him and ran away. And then Paul meets him somewhere in Rome. Onesimus becomes a Christian through the preaching of Paul. And when Paul finds out that they have a mutual friend, Philemon, except, you know, for Onesimus, Philemon wasn't his friend, he was his master, his owner. Paul sends him back. And he says, I trust that you will receive Onesimus. This is a runaway slave from, from Philemon who stole from him apparently. And when Paul sends him back, Onesimus becomes a Christian. And when Paul sends him back, he says, I trust that you will no longer receive him just as a slave, but much more as a brother. Talk about viewing people differently and reassessing things and reappraising things. Paul says, yeah, this guy stole from you and ran away from you, your slave. But when he goes back, he's no longer your slave. He's a co-heir with yours of Christ, a co-heir with Christ, just like you. So we reappraise things, we reevaluate people, and we consider time. Let me ask you, are you enjoying the fresh start that we get to experience in Christ? 
Or are you bogged down with the worries of this world, chasing after things that at the end of the day, we're going to realize it was a waste of time? Vanity of vanities. What good is it for a man or a woman to gain the whole world and then lose his soul? We must focus on the eternal things if we are to enjoy a fresh start through Jesus Christ. I hope uh, you're blessed by God's Word. Um, next week, Lord willing, we will meet here if you are willing to come and join us at, uh, at church and an outdoor service at 9 a.m. For any questions or any information, I'll say now, make sure you wear a mask, but for any other information of all the guidelines that we're going to have, all the modifications that we're going to be implementing, go to crosspointchristianchurch.com and we have a whole section about what it is that you can expect on that day. We're taking every precaution I believe necessary in order for us to be considerate of one another and keep ourselves as safe as possible. But at the same time, we realize we need to get back at uh, meeting together and praising the Lord. So let me um, finish up here by inviting you to take communion with me. I have some here. I hope you join us next week when we talk about reconciliation. Very important topic that allows us to have this refreshment, this new start, this fresh start uh, with God through Jesus Christ. I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, starting in verse 23. As we take communion, we are reminded of this fresh start, that it's only possible because of what this represents. This represents the body of Christ. This represents the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ that was shed on our behalf as a payment for my sins and the sins of the world and everyone who uh, repents and accepts this gift of salvation. Paul says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which He was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, after he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's pray. Gracious Father, so grateful to you for allowing us to spend this time. We praise you, we honor you, and we thank you. We pray for your blessing as we dismiss from this service. We pray that you would help us to meditate in your word, and that you would help us to dig deep into your word, Father, that your Holy Spirit would continue to teach us and transform our lives to be more like your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. We ask that you would dismiss us with your blessing. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen.